This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. I'm John Barber, producer of Reimagined Radio, and it's a pleasure to welcome you tonight to the historic Kiggins Theater in downtown Vancouver, Washington, USA. We are streaming live tonight courtesy of KXRW, Vancouver's independent radio station. Whether you're here in the audience or there in your homes, you are very welcome, and we thank you for joining us. We encourage you to participate in tonight's performance through social media. Use the hashtag ReimaginedRadio and share your thoughts about our performance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Reimagined Radio experiments with live performances of radio plays as a form of storytelling for the 21st century. Radio, of course, is an older medium, but we give it a new spin with voice actors and sound artists hoping to provide a shared community of art and performance experience for you, our audience. Looking ahead next month, we offer our holiday classic to start the end of the year celebrations. I hope you will join us Wednesday night, 18 December, here at Kiggins Theater for a radio Christmas carol. Our radio drama tonight is in entitled In Flight with D.B. Cooper, written and directed by Mr. Dan Wyatt, Jr. In this speculative radio play, we consider the legendary exploits of one man who has become a part of our local lore and culture. Questions linger, and tonight we address them from a different perspective. Imagine, if you will, the year 1971, 48 years ago tonight. The place, 2,000 feet and ascending over southwest Washington, Vancouver, Washington, to be precise. And as of yet unknown, middle-aged man is hijacking a Boeing 727-class jet northbound for Seattle-Tacoma International Airport. This mysterious hijacker holds hostage the fate of the craft, its 36 passengers and six crew personnel, with the threat of a briefcase that, by his confession, contains an explosive device. No one knows this person the news agencies will mistakenly report as D.B. Cooper. Amidst confusion, federal authorities try to ascertain who the skyjacker is, and more importantly, what he intends to do. 
The person who will come to know him best is one flight attendant by the name of Tina Mucklow. For the duration of the flight, Ms. Mucklow will accompany Mr. Cooper at all times until his final exit into the unknown. What is discussed during that time is also a mystery, as the flight attendant will only provide a description and a few actions to the authorities and will speak even less to the public as a preamble to entering a convent as a cloistered nun. At this time, sit back and relax and ensure all your personal belongings are secured as we do anticipate some turbulence on this reimagined journey. Business travelers trolling the stews for a good time. It's worse around the holidays, lonelier time of year. <clears throat> Miss, you'll want to look at that note. I have a bomb. Now watch closely. All I have to do is touch the end of this wire to this terminal. Do as I say and nobody will get hurt. Do you understand? Good. Now write down what I say and take it to the captain. Here's what I want. 200,000 negotiable American currency. Denominations do not matter to me. Put them in a knapsack. Two backpack parachutes, two chest parachutes. After we refuel in Seattle, I get the stuff. Passengers can go free. Take off Seattle by five, okay? Now take this to the captain, dear. Captain, <clears throat> this is Tina. Florence is heading back to the cockpit. He had to write something down. Miss. Uh, yes, sir. Put down the interphone, please, and come here. He wants me to sit with him. Okay, I will. Is Florence coming back? What should I do? So she's staying up there the whole time. Captain! Miss! All right, Captain. All right. I can. I will. Yes? Can I get you another drink, sir? Yes, I'll have another bourbon with ice this time. Right away. Please. Here you are. Bourbon with ice. Here you are. Keep the rest. No, thank you. That's quite all right. Nineteen is your change. Okay, sit here, please. Why do you need to do this? How old are you? 
I'm, I'm 21. Are we going to Cuba or something? That's not what matters. Do you have a grudge against the airline? Honey, a grudge doesn't even begin to describe it. Here, get me another bourbon. No ice this time. No water either. I'm more of this watered down nonsense. This is it. This time I'm going to do this. Here you are. Thanks, I suppose. So, how long you been at this? I'm only 21. Yeah, I heard through the first time. Sorry. Sorry for what? That you're here, in this situation, having to do this. What are you intending to do? I'll let you know at the right time for that. Here, just one more. Make it how you'd like. Here's your beverage. What is this? It's clear. You forgot the booze. With bourbon. Yes? What's he doing? Drinking so far. He's on his third round. He's quite insistent about it. For how long? Okay. The captain has told them of your requests, and they said it will take some time. I expected they would try and install. Hopefully for not too long, though, or I will do this. Come sit down here again. Yes, sir. Nice to have a companion. Companion? I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just not accustomed. Oh, you're not accustomed? You're a stew. A pretty one at that. Men must... That's right. You're 21. You're only new at this. You know... Flo thought when you gave her that note... Hmm. I guess it could have been taken that way. Obviously, I have other things in mind. I'd have given it to you anyway if that was the case. What? But, I... Well, well, you I know did. you're a bit... Um, how old are you? Miss, I'm not going to get into this. Just drop it. What's that you're reading there? Oh, the good book. Not too appropriate for this situation. Why not? You're looking for answers in that thing? You won't find them. Maybe I'm not looking for an answer. What for, then? Comfort. Oh, that's comforting. Find yourself in a situation and all you have is some dead riders to lean on? It's not God who's doing this. No, but you can just say he's allowing it. So, here's what's going to happen next. You tell the captain upon landing in Seattle there's to be no one around the plane. We will not taxi to or near the passenger terminal, and no one, a vehicle or a person, is to approach the plane until I say so. And yes, they do need to be ready to refuel the plane, but not until I say so. So, refueling for what destination? You guys usually have a place in mind. That's what all this is about, oh, right? Oh, don't scramble me up with those nuts that take planes to Cuba. <laughs> this is a means to an end. Now go relay that to the cockpit. This is about money. I understand. Captain, our guest would like you to relay to Seattle that no one or any vehicle should approach plane until we land, until he says so. Also, the plane will need to be refueled. No authorities like the police or the FBI. Also, no police or FBI. He will let us know when fuel trucks can approach. He won't tell me about a final destination. Sorry, Captain. What'd your captain say? They're working with the bank to get your money. Good. 
Someone will have to pay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Captain William Scott here. We will have a bit of a delay landing in Seattle. There's a slight mechanical problem with the plane. Nothing to worry about. We've been asked to circle Seattle to burn off some excess fuel before landing. We will keep you apprised, but we are estimating another four, another hour or so until touchdown. Please let our stewardesses know if we can offer you anything from the galley. Northwest Air has granted a few free adult beverages for the inconvenience if you so desire. Thank you for your patience. Excuse me a moment. Yes, what can I do for you? Oh, hey. Just me across the aisle here. Could I get a pop or something? Sure, of course. An RC? Anything from you would be great. Your RC, will there be anything else? Uh, no grazie, bella signora. All right, that's nice. Say, uh, can I, uh, numero di telefono? Excuse me? That was Italian. I'm taking Italian at U of O. You know any Italian? I've been to Rome. Oh, so you know those Italian girls, those Italian girls have nothing on you. Miscusi. My name is Billy, by the way. I'm sorry, Billy. There are others on this flight in need of attention. Fine. Go pour another one for the old guy, then. Rival across Al. What was his name? It's Billy. Well, see that Billy Boy doesn't become a distraction. You know, I think names have meaning. What of it? Dan. Is, is that short for Daniel? My name, what, my name, Dan, oh. You read the manifest. What's so important about a name? Daniel means God is my judge. Which part of that is judge? In Hebrew, names that end in E-L, that part has to do with a relationship to God. Oh, so Dan is the judge part. Well, I suppose that was fitting. Judge or I'll be judged. So is it Daniel? Is that your full name? What's your name? Tina? Listen, Tina, names don't mean much. Could have been a name from a newspaper, your scriptures there. Hell, it could have been a name from one of those superhero funny books kids read. I think a name can carry great weight. Define who you are, what you're meant to be. Yeah, well, what's your name mean? It's shortened from Christina, like Christian, follower of Christ. But I'm just Tina. I looked it up once. It's an English word for river. It's Tina, huh? Down by the river. Well, I'm just Dan, not Daniel. So we're both missing the divine in our life. Perhaps you were misnamed, Mr. Cooper. Whatever you say, Tina. Folks, this is the captain again. I apologize. We have a little bit of an unorthodox request from our friends in flight control. Boeing engineers believe best policy with the situation with the fuel burn is to shift passengers forward to maintain weight balance as we lighten our fuel load. Sorry for the inconvenience, but Alice and Florence will assist you in relocating to your new rows. Again, thank you for your patience. Uh, good move, Captain. No one's really sitting back here anyway besides college sweetheart over there. Uh, he's no bother. As long as he moves up. Doesn't seem to have heard the Captain. No, I don't think so. Oh, now what the hell? Well, we'll see about that. Go to hell, pal! Me? I think it's where you'll end up. Passengers are starting to get restless. Please go settle this. I don't need any disruptions. Sirs, sirs, please calm down. Take your seats. Not very decisive for us, too, are you? Go Florence take charge. Florence is taking care of it. We'll see about that. Excuse me. Well, I'd like to take my seat, but he's currently in it. They asked us to move forward. 
That doesn't mean I've given up my seat. I always sit aisle side. Didn't you hear the pilot? He said we needed to redistribute weight. Do you want to crash this plane? Listen to both of you. I'll bring this plane down myself if you two don't sit down and button up. Well, who the hell are you, Jack? Who I am is not what's important. What I'm prepared to do would be a better question. Well, listen, he took my seat. You know nothing of anything being taken from you. Sit down before I find a place you won't leave. Oh, big chief with a briefcase, huh? You come up here to clobber me with that thing? <laughs> this thing will give you more than a black eye, mister. You're gonna sit down like she asked you to? Fine, I'll sit here. Okay, thank you both. Now I know this flight's taking longer than anticipated. We are not far from SeaTac now. I can get anyone anything. A cocktail, perhaps? You calmed that situation down. Like I said, I need things to go according to plan here, and so far they are not. What's going on with that landing anyway? I want some answers. I appreciate you moving everyone up, but I told you no funny stuff. Why are we not landing? Call up to the captain. I'm done with this fooling around. Land this plane now, or I'm gonna do this. I will check with the captain. It's like Tacoma down there. Captain, Mr. Cooper is getting anxious. Says this is taking too long. Okay, but other passengers are getting antsy too. Almost had a fight over an aisle seat. Yes. Talk to him? Okay. I'll think of something. Not until Secret Admirer over there hasn't moved yet. Okay, you just stay there this time. I will take care of it. Sir, Billy, as you heard, the captain would like all passengers to move to the forward part of the cabin. Uh, no. Everyone else is moving. That should be enough. I'm settled in here anyway. This wasn't a request. For everyone's safety, we kindly ask that you comply with the wishes of the FAA. Listen, I'm a third-year engineering student. I've been on a lot of flights since I was a kid. I think everything will be okay if one 150-pound college kid doesn't move. Besides, the old guy over there isn't going either. Why should I? It'd be nice if one of you chicks paid me that much attention. <sighs> Senor Mitchell, per me, per favor. Well, I suppose. But could I get another pop? See, si, presto. Kind of a stubborn fellow, isn't he? What's that on your tie? Huh? I thought your tie had some sparkly fabric, but it, it's some sort of glitter. Oh, I, I couldn't say. What is this? Feels metallic. Well, I might have been at one of those gentlemen's clubs by the airport before I cut the plane. Excuse me? Oh, you know those types of gals, all that glittery stuff they wear. I'm not aware, no. Listen, don't worry about the tie. I need you to follow my instructions closely. Once we land, they have the stuff ready. I'm having you go out there and collect my requisitions. Why me? I'm sure they'll bring them on board. No! No one comes on this bird until I, jump, I get off. You know what will happen to federal agents board? People will die. Okay, okay. Now look, dear, I need you to go out there. You, not any of the other stews. Now what was it I said I needed? The money in the knapsack and four parachutes. And meals for the crew. Don't forget some meals. Why do you need four parachutes? You know, let's just stop discussing chutes and the tie and the little you know, the better.
What's that part you're reading there? A psalm. I remember those as a kid. Sisters used to walk around while we were in class. You got to go to parochial school? You make it sound like it was a privilege. I never did. I wanted to, but I, I didn't grow up near one. You believe those stories, huh? They're truth to me. An all-powerful savior taking care of us all miraculously? You ever see a painting of someone you know? Wait, what? I thought we were talking about your scriptures. I am. Do you like paintings? Art? I suppose. Much as the next fella. I had this uncle. He died a few years back. Sometime while my father was away when I was younger, he looked after me. I had this picture of him. A photograph. Kind of faded. Dark. Whoever took it, well, it didn't look good, but it was the only one I had. Years later, I was in high school and had a friend who was good at painting, so I asked her if she could paint me this picture of my uncle from the photograph. Any good? Yes. I, I mean, the painting itself was all right, I guess. I have it hanging in my kitchen. He used to make the most wonderful dinners. Anyway, I look at the painting, and if you ask me which one was the most true, I'd have to say the painting. I don't know what you mean by true. True? You know which one really represents my uncle? His name was Joshua. The photograph obviously was him, but there was something to the painting. Even though she was just learning how to paint, she captured, I don't know, his qualities better? She knew him too, of course. But I knew my uncle just as well as anyone. He was kind above all else. Sensitive but strong. Fair. He loved me. <clears throat> it's too bad he wasn't a father with kids of his own, but he was like a second one to me. That painting, to me, contained more of what was him than the actual photograph. It was more true. If you were to put those two images side by side and ask which one was more like Uncle Josh, the painting, no question. His facial features weren't quite right. She painted his ears too big. Eyes were far lighter than what they were, and his mouth was even wide open in the picture, but it wasn't how she painted it. It was like she put his soul on canvas despite what reality of the printed on Kodak paper showed. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for your patience. We've just been given clearance to land and will do so immediately. Sorry for any last minute announcements, but we, we need you to take your seats and fasten your safety belts as quickly as time allows. We will be touching down in less than five minutes. Approximate time in Seattle is 5.39. Yes? Captain wants to know if we should park away from the terminal with it being so dark. I want to be at a distance from any buildings and be able to see both sides of the plane. No lights, please. Captain, he says park away from the terminal being in the dark is fine. You smoke? No. I'm on duty. And they're saying smoking is a killer anyway. They banned commercials on TV last year. Clearly there's more hazardous things than smoking. Don't worry. So you want one or not? That a girl. Here, light this one for me. It's easier to light it yourself if you don't have your hand in that briefcase. Just an insurance policy in case people start getting Nancy. Where did you get this lighter? Oh, a bunch of us got them when we first enlisted. It looks like the one I remember my uncle had. Here, I'll take that. I can light my own from now on. Never mind. 
Flight control, we have touchdown. Time, 5.45. Yes? Captain forwarded your request and all should be met just fine. Shoots are coming from the local Air Force base and money is no. coming... I don't want military shoots. They need to be civilian. I apologize. I'll pass that on to the captain. And make sure the refueling happens right away. No delays. We're already behind schedule. Captain, he doesn't want military shoots, only civilian ones. Okay. Airport personnel say this will probably take a little more time. God damn it! Mr. Cooper, they are trying to do their best. You didn't specify what type they wanted. What do you expect? Right, of course. Apologize, Tina. Folks, thank you for your patience. We just have a few more formalities to follow. We did have to park a bit away from the gate, but we will be able to begin deplaning in a few minutes. I believe we are just awaiting transport services, so you won't have to walk so far in the wet weather. Thank you. Third fuel truck now. What is going on down there? Why do those trucks keep coming and going? Captain, he wants to know why there's so many fuel trucks. One truck ran out of fuel, and the next one had a problem of some sort of a vapor lock? I've never heard of a vapor lock. They're stalling. Captain, where are the money and parachutes? Inside the stuff. Everyone can go. He says once money and chutes are on board, he will release passengers and us. Okay, your items are on their way. Remember, I don't want anyone coming up that stairway or else. You go down there and you get the stuff. He asked me to go and retrieve the money in parachutes. Okay, they're down there now, I'll go get them. Good girl. Finally. Here's the money. I'm going back for the parachutes. Where's the knapsack? I specifically asked for the money to be in a knapsack. I don't know. That's all they gave me. Should I go get the parachutes, or can you buy yourself a nice knapsack later? Fine. Yes. Go. Cheap bakers. They give this crummy bag to customers? Okay. Here are the parachutes. Well, damn it! There's no D-rings. How am I going to attach these chutes without D-rings? Okay, Captain, I'm back inside. It took me a few trips, but I've gotten the parachutes and bag of money. He's looking through the bag. All right. Looks good. Everyone can go. Okay, he said it's okay for them to go. Okay, folks, it looks like that transport will not be arriving as expected. Our apologies, but you can begin deboarding the plane. Again, sorry for this afternoon's delays. We do hope you'll fly with us again in the future. Where do you think you're going? To do my job. I'll be right back after all passengers are safely deplaned. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for flying with us. All right, Captain, 
All passengers have left the cabin. Captain would like to know what to do next. Flying to Mexico. You are not to fly above 10,000 feet. Keep the gears down and the flaps at 15 degrees. And keep it under 200 knots. Yeah, yes, this is Captain Scott. I hear you. That's fine, but I may need to make adjustments on one or more of those parameters to avoid stalling. I don't think so, Captain. The plane is just fine at those settings. Also, I want to take off with the rear door open and stairs in the down position. When we attempt to take off in that manner, I won't be able to rotate upward for liftoff. Damn it. All right. Close it up. Okay, all passengers are off. Will we release the crew? I don't see why not. But she's not leaving. I thought all of us could go. Why Tina? Listen, you two can go, but I need her to assist me with the stairs since I can't take off without it in being in the down position, according to your captain. No, Tina stays here. But, Tina, are you okay? I'll be fine. There's no reason for you and Alice to stay. Go. Wait. I forgot to tip you when I bought my first drink. Here, take this. You're keeping, Tina. Keep your damn money, too. <laughs> Just money. You couldn't have expected she would take stolen money. Well, here, you take it. I don't think I will. Florence and Alice are gone. He told me I have to stay and help him with the stairs. It's okay, Captain. Everyone else is free. I'll stay back here and make sure he gets what he wants. All right. Let's get the show on the road. Now. Did you hear that? He says we need to go now. What now? Where are you going? I'm making sure the side door is secure. We're not flying high enough to pressurize anyway, but go ahead. Are you really going to jump out of this plane? It's pitch black out there. I can't see any lights, and look at this weather. It's freezing cold out there. You've got to be crazy. Crazy? Yeah. What's a pretty thing like you, you know about crazy? You ever jump? Well, no, but my uncle told me stories about being in Vietnam. Vietnam. Mm. Vietnam's just a walk in the park compared to places like Laos. Laos? That's right, you don't know. No, we're not in Laos. Sorry I said anything. We never were. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you just... You ever hear of Air America? It's a private out airline outfit, but the CIA operates it. Supposed to be supporting the Hmong troops there in Laos. The Reds have pushed in, so why not us, huh? We're not supposed to be there? No, there's no berets there. The missions don't exist. The Geneva agreements? Well, to hell with those. Commies don't abide by them. Why would we? No berets died when their chutes were caught up in the rotors of choppers. Emergency landings didn't happen. One time in summer 68, by order of the president himself, we found ourselves stranded out there in this place called the Planet Jars. It was our target drop. They called it Project Blackwatch. Mission was to resupply the Hmong troops. We actually jumped out of 27s just like this one. At that time, CIA contracted Southern Transport to run us covertly in on that op. Some came out of that jungle. Most just stayed there. I lost my uncle. You know, the one in the painting? 
He died over there. Tina, a lot of people lost stuff over there. I mean, homes. I've lost homes, loved ones, faith, our souls. I'm doing this before all is lost. Now help me drop these stairs. I, I'm scared. Are you going to make me jump? No, this is a solo mission, Tina. Listen, I'm sorry you're scared. But now how does this work? First, you move the handle right to left. Pull the door back toward you. Then there's a release next to the stair rail. Unlock it, then press the handrail that says descend. It should lower them. Should? I've never done this mid-flight. All right, roger that. Now go up to the cockpit and stay there. May the peace of God be with you, Mr. Cooper. Daniel, or whatever your name is. Are you going to be a nun or something? A nun? You're more religious than an in-flight cocktail waitress. I don't confuse faith and religion. Both are important, but they are not the same. Whatever you say, Tina. I'm making my own way now. Now go up there and don't come back. I hope you find what it is you need. On your way, would you close those front curtains and turn out the cabin lights? Bye, Tina. Tina, down by the river. Is everything okay back there? Anything we can do for you? Anything we can do for you? No! Some parachutes and a large sum of money, along with a few incidentals, faded into the blackness of that Thanksgiving Eve. Only one thing presented itself in the ensuing years of searching and speculation. A few bundles of eroded $20 bills, perhaps surreptitiously buried, they were dug up by a young boy on a family adventure. The sandy location of the money find, Tina Bar along the Columbia River. Coincidence? One final gesture to the one person who last had contact with him? That and many more stories are just that, stories. All that remain are conjectures and what-ifs. Myths and legends to be told and retold, solidifying a culture, a lore of the Pacific Northwest. We keep asking who he was and so find out who we are in this young part of the country. This, with many other stories, imagined and reimagined. From CBS News headquarters in New York, this is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. When he got on a plane in Portland, Oregon last night, he was just another passenger who gave his name as D.A. Cooper. But today, after hijacking a Northwest Airlines jet, ransoming the passengers in Seattle, then making a getaway by parachute somewhere between there and Reno, Nevada, the description on one wire service, master criminal. That's our story for this evening. 
Thank you for listening. Good night and a very pleasant Thanksgiving. Are you a fan of all things horror? Yeah, you are? Well, in that case, find Tuesday Terrors, which is the mutual audio feed that comes out on a Tuesday, believe it or not. Shock horror, I know. But if you subscribe there, you'll find amazing horror fiction audio in your player every Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network, where we listen and imagine together.